0: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. i tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben.
1: Welcome to your Friday show, everybody. This is Fantasy Football Today. And last night's game was a fill in the blank. It was a blank fantasy game, Dave. Good. Perfect. Good at what? Perfect. Perfect. It was not perfect.
0: It was, uh, it was a quasi-dud. Jamie must have been playing against DeAndre Hopkins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you had Kyler Murray have his worst game of the year in terms of fantasy points. You had Russell Wilson have his second worst game of the year. It was a quasi-dud. That's the answer I was looking for, quasi-dud.
0: Nah, it was good. It was. Kind I think of people who, who were brave enough to start Tyler Lockett were very happy. I think people who were brave enough to start Carlos Hyde were very happy. Drake and Edmonds were good no matter what the format. And did did we see the Seattle defense get a little bit better? And could they be the DST that you coast with for the next several weeks? Maybe.
1: Oh, yeah. If you can still pick them up, you should because some leagues you can, and that would be Philadelphia and Washington and the Giants. No, it's Philadelphia, the Giants, the Jets, and Washington are their next four games. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a like a drowsy first half. Second half was pretty good. All right, we'll talk about that game. Seattle winning 28-21. That safety in the end zone was a huge play. We got the DeAndre Swift Bad
2: news. Bad call? Yeah, the holding happened before the in the end. Before it was Did end. you
1: hear Mike Pereira's explanation? No. He kind of felt like the holding didn't, didn't start until the end zone. Like... It looked like it to me and and uh, to most people, but to the referee, the expert, he didn't really start actually holding him, turning him. He said until he got into the end zone. So I think Mike Prairie, I think he sort of straddled the fence there, but I think he thought it was. I mean, he a had good him enough sa- call
2: sideways, grabbing his jersey right up the line of scrimmage.
1: All right, take it up with Mike. Take it up with Mikey P. Uh, a lot of Lions news, including DeAndre Swift, but also Kenny Galladay. Everybody missed practice basically for the Lions. We'll talk about that. Um, no, Marvin Jones was limited. Okay, good, good that's good stuff. Yeah. Are we going back to Ezekiel Elliott this week? Are we trusting Todd Gurley against a great run defense that's given up only one rushing touchdown to the six running backs that have had 15 or more carries against them? That would be the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston this week. Tom Brady this week. It's all going to be some good stuff. Some beat the waiver buyer. Let's get to the, uh, before we do that, let's get to the game. Seattle 28 and Arizona 21. All right. Chris Carson should be back next week. And um, let me ask you this. Who would you rather have in a PPR league rest of season? We'll start with the Cardinals. Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds?
0: Still say Drake. But it might depend on format. You said PPR league? I did. Yeah.
1: um, I mean, Drake, Edmonds only had six touches.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if this is is the Drake you're getting,
2: then it's Drake. If you're going to give him four catches a week, three catches a week, anything in that range, he'll be the better of the two. Right, He's looked good since but, he's come back from the injury. Well, hold on.
1: Well, should we not? He had eight catches going into this game. and he That's four. what I'm saying.
2: If this is the Drake you're getting, then you'd rather have Drake. If this is not the Drake you're getting, then you'd rather have Edmonds. Okay. But you have to make the evaluation now. Do you
1: really think he's going to be involved in the passing game, or is this just going to be that fluky game?
0: It's probably going to be that fluky game. But I still see him as their main running back, their short yardage goal line guy. He's probably going to outperform Edmonds more often than not. Okay. I think you could you can in PPR start both.
1: Do you have any concerns about Russell Wilson that maybe they will become more of a running team, go back to their roots a little bit? Wilson was pretty conservative in this game, you know. That how many times did we see him kind of load up and not take the shot downfield? And then tuck it and run. He had over 40 rushing yards, and then obviously they ran the ball pretty effectively in this game. This was tied for the fewest pass attempts of the year for Wilson. Do you think that this is going to be concerning where he won't be
2: mega awesome? I think to uh, to a man, to a person, every uh, beat writer I I saw last night on Twitter for Seattle was praising this as the best game that they played all year. And so offense and defense, and so you know this is this was a Pete Carroll game. And this was kind of my expectation going in was that they were going to be a little bit more conservative because they got one of their veteran running backs healthy. You kind of assume that DK Metcalf was going to have a tough game just because of what happened to him the last two times he faced Arizona. And you didn't know Tyler Lockett's health. And so, you know, uh, obviously I was joking about how it was perfect game for, for, uh, for these guys. But um, for Russell, I think if they can have him, after throwing seven interceptions in the last two games, be a little bit more conservative, they probably would prefer that. And the fact that if Carson does return in Week 12, um, they probably would prefer to still, you know, establish their run game because we know what teams are in the playoffs. You know, it's great to be throwing the ball all over the place, but you have to have a running game to be successful in the playoffs. And this team is clearly headed to the playoffs, so I'm sure they want to get that aspect of their game fixed. On top of the fact that this was their, one of their best defensive performances because Carlos Dunlap has been a difference maker since they added him, and they were able to get a pass rush for the first time all season. So. They don't have to maybe have some of these heroic comeback efforts from Russell Wilson. So I, I think I wouldn't be concerned about it because if you tell me he's running 10 times, he had 10 carries in this game, I'll sign up for that with how he usually plays. So I think he'll be fine. I wouldn't really panic about Russell Wilson.
0: But I wouldn't expect him to be the number one quarterback in fantasy from this game forward. I, I don't think he'll do it. I think if they've got Carson, then that means say, they've got Carson and Hyde to get that run game going. And if the defense is better and they're playing worse opponents, they don't need Russ. To throw 35 times all over the place.
1: Right. Uh maybe those opponents are bad enough where he can just be so efficient.
2: And, um, and, and a game th- th- like this, sure. Yeah. But that's part of it, though. It's like, you know, DK Metcalf on five targets could have still, you know, four for 80 in a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And let's address that's- Metcalf because that's probably what he should have had. He had a 40 yard catch called back. So that would have been four for 86. I think it was exactly 40 yards. Maybe it was a little more than that. If it were 40 yards, it would have been four catches for 86 yards and a touchdown on six targets. He schooled Patrick Peterson on a play that got called back on a hold. And as Chris Towers mentioned on FFT and five, that happened to him uh, a few weeks ago against the Cardinals. He would have had a walk-off touchdown catch in overtime and got called back. Mm -hmm. So look, you don't have to worry about him facing Patrick Peterson again and uh, you know, he's fine. Lockett had a nice game. He was starting 85% of leagues. Uh, do you think real quick, do you think Carlos Hyde eats into Chris Carson's production? Or do you think they just go back to making Carson the workhorse? Carson will play next week.
0: I think Carson had, gets the type of workload that Hyde had on Thursday and Carson, had 20 carries between the top
2: running backs. So most right. had six for 31, you know, figure it's probably eight
0: for Hyde because he's, you know, a, a more proven player. Yeah, and then Carson gets the rest. Carson right. will get around 15 touches a week, a little more than that.
1: Okay, and then finally, anything else to say about you know, maybe Christian Kirk? Larry Fitzgerald has had eight catches for 60, 62 yards, both games against Seattle. Same numbers. Crazy. I don't know. Christian Kirk? Ty- oh, Tyler Lockett. Okay, you know what? Let's go back to Christian Kirk in a second. Tyler Lockett, do you sell or do you, do you hold?
0: Cold. You could see what you could get in trade for Tyler Lockett. I don't know how many leagues still have their trade deadline to go. It's it's already passed in half of my leagues, but sure, you could see what you can get for Lockett, knowing what we know about Seattle potentially not being this crazy passing offense moving forward. Right. Okay. I'm and, then, him away. and then I'm not I just him don't away. think you're
2: going to get what you expect in return from him. But you never know. That's why you put it out there.
1: What would you want? Would you trade him for Ezekiel Elliott?
2: In a heartbeat. Yes.
1: Really? Yes. Okay. Christian Kirk, do you consider four catches, 50 yards on six targets? And DeAndre Hopkins had 51 yards. I mean, this really wasn't a bad game for Christian Kirk. Just kind mm-hmm.
2: of a kind of I I don't know. It was a bad game for everybody. Right. From the, the Arizona receivers outside of Fitzgerald and PPR. So, you know, you throw this one out. Seattle had a great game plan. It played well. I want to
1: see something, though. How many games has Kyler Murray thrown for more than what he threw last night? He threw, what, 269 Three, I think, sure. yards?
0: Uh, f- I know the rushing been, numbers were down for him. Like, yeah, that's, That was the biggest disappointment of all. Worst rushing yeah, that game. shoulder injury was obviously a problem.
1: Yeah, you know, he's he's having a really good year. Uh, yeah, He's picked it up with the passing. Uh, no, He's had a few games with 360, 380 yards. He's had he's had a number of games where he's been right around 270, 280 yards. So this was fairly typical for him. Larry Fitzgerald kind of threw a wrench in it. Okay. Yep.
0: He was using him as a short area receiver. They've got the Patriots next week, then the Rams, Giants, Eagles, and Niners. After that,
1: who do you think was started in more leagues, Kenyon Drake or Chase
0: Edmonds? Edmonds. I'll say Edmonds. Wrong. Kenyon Drake oh. just
1: barely forty-seven percent started. Edmonds forty-three percent started. Oh, All right, Dave. That was yeah. Thursday night football.
0: no nah nah, 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 nah,
2: nah, nah. I started Edmonds over Drake in the two league in the league where I have both of them. It was PPR. Was it PPR? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's- Okay. Nice. Did we both ask the same exact question? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god.
2: Nerds. Oh, uh. By the way. Um. So my free agent pickups in the Guillotine League were uh, Amari Cooper. And. Amari Cooper. I picked up Joe Mixon. Nice. So two crappy players. And, nice. and, and uh, who's <laughs> not crappy? I, I'm just kidding.
0: Mixon's not crappy either.
2: Just those two. But all those other guys were at it. I didn't see what the. I didn't look at the transactions because I did it quickly.
1: Okay. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get Dobbin Cook and A.J. Brown and <laughs> Christopher Caffrey. Uh, all right. DeAndre Swift has a concussion. More on that in just a second. Let me promote a few things. Watch CBS Sports HQ, people. Noon noon Eastern on Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. If you miss the noon show, you can watch it on demand on the CBS Sports app on OTT devices. Go to the CBS Sports app on your smart TV and scroll down until you see the FFT familiar faces. Sunday, we got FFT and 5 dropping at 8.30 in the morning. HQ, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Twitch at noon Eastern. We got the Friday mailbag coming up. And make sure you're listening to the uh, Fantasy Football Today in 5 special episode, Saturdays with Jacob Gibbs, player props, you know, all those stats that Jacob Jacob Gibbs gives, and uh, you're going to love it. You're going to get some good advice for player props, DFS, those types of things. So DeAndre Swift has a concussion. If he does not play at Carolina, would you start Adrian Peterson or Carrion Johnson?
0: Not with confidence, but if I'm desperate at running back and I missed out on all the other guys off the waiver wire, then yes. And what what I've seen from the Lions over the past couple of weeks, yes, they've committed to DeAndre Swift. He played 73% of the snaps in their last game. Carrion has actually played more snaps the past two games, but Peterson's had more touches, not just the last two games, but basically the last five games since the bye over Carrion. So I would imagine that AP would be the primary back. Carrion would fill in, maybe work passing downs.
1: So, who would you start him over? Would you start Peterson over, let's say, the Baltimore running backs,
2: the Rams running backs? I, I would I, start I him over Malcolm happened. Brown. I would start him over Akers and Henderson. I would start him over the Ravens running backs. Yes. Yeah. What did he, you say about Mal- in that mix? What did you say about Malcolm Brown? You would or you would not? I would start Malcolm Brown over Peterson because Brown is going to be involved in the passing game. I think Carry on would be probably more involved in the passing game than AP, but both guys are probably going to get two catches at most. My God, Adrian Peterson
1: has been so bad. In his last six games, I don't think I can do the math right now, but he does not have a carry of longer than 13 yards in his last six games. He's just been
2: just awful.
0: He needs but volume. Also, I mean, that's, right. that's where you know
2: yeah. that's where he's at in his career. He's not going to have a lot of explosive plays.
0: But he does have, in three of his last five, he does have at least 11 touches, and that's with Swift. So maybe there's something to it that he's, I mean, look, he's old. He's old. He's too old. Look at him. He's too old. <laughs> Can't get those long runs anymore. He's slow.
1: Okay. Kenny Galladay, mispractice. Everyone on the team is like limited or out. Something like that. What, including Matthew Stafford. What do we make of this? We previewed this game yesterday. What are we supposed to, we supposed to do about the Lions?
2: I mean, if Galladay is out there and Stafford plays, I think you start Stafford as a low-end number 1 quarterback. It's a good matchup against Carolina. I don't buy their defense being good, as we saw last week. Um, I think you can, you know, if Galladay's out, then you could go back to Marvin Jones. As we've seen, he's been fairly productive in the the last three games without Kenny Galladay out there. If everybody's out, you're not touching Stafford.
0: You're touching the Panthers' DST. Okay. No Galladay, no Swift, no Stafford.
2: No, no, no. Stafford. I'm saying Stafford plays. I expect Stafford to be out there. I would Stafford's hope so. out. You're right. Then the Panthers defense becomes attractive.
1: Joe Mixon mispractice. Gio Bernard or Zeke? Gio. Gio. T. Higgins mispractice with an illness. Clyde Edwards Eler mispractice with an illness. Le'Veon... Not COVID. Right, right, not
0: COVID. Same with Duke Johnson. Okay.
1: Teddy Bridge. Teddy Bridgewater is likely out. So we, we previewed the, um, Carolina Detroit game yesterday, even though today's NFC home game. So let me, let me ask you about this with Teddy Bridgewater out. Jamie, are you still confident in Mike Davis? Likely out, likely out. Are you still confident in Mike Davis as your start of the week? And should we be starting DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson?
2: I don't think much would change to be honest with you. Um, you know, PJ Walker, I think will come in and do some nice things. Uh, I, I buy in this offense. You know, I, I buy into what this, you know, system is. So Mike Davis is still I wouldn't touch, change him at all. You know, I, I think it's uh, Detroit's defense has proven to be very inept at stopping running backs, stopping pass catching running backs. I think they would lean on Davis a little bit more. Um Joe Brady will be creative in how they, you know, run things. So I, I'm fine with Davis. If you want to downgrade DJ Moore and, and Robbie Anderson, that's fine. But, you know, just make sure you're not sitting
0: them for guys who are in similar or better situations. Or you know similar the one thing one thing that might help Mike Davis is that if it's PJ Walker, PJ will run. And so that rushing threat from the quarterback typically helps the running back because defenses have to account for both players. Yeah. So that I, 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 but, I, I was discouraged about Davis because his playing time was down last week. He'd played, I think he was right around 50% of the snaps. That was weird. But I'm, you know they fell behind, and maybe they want to get somebody else in there in that type of situation. But this week, if he's healthy and PJ Walker's in, I'd be a little more encouraged. I'd be excited to start Mike Davis.
1: But at the same time, if he's going to run, that means fewer catches in most scenarios for the running back, which is you know, I
0: don't yeah. Know but he if, he, if he's more efficient okay. of a runner, if he's more efficient of a runner, and we're starting Davis, I, I don't. Jamie's starting him because he thinks he's going to be great no matter what he does, and and there's a great chance of that. But I think, I'm starting Davis because I think he scores. The Lions have allowed so many touchdowns over the, the season. I believe it's 18 total touchdowns to running backs. Of the 13
2: season. rushing, 5
0: receiving, 9 in the last 3. It's ridiculous. If yeah. he doesn't score, it's just an unbelievable farce.
1: Yeah, if he doesn't score, it'll be Curtis Samuel. <laughs> Calvin oh, Ridley God. was limited in practice. Please play Calvin Ridley. They, he said he was itching to get in two weeks ago before the bye and they wouldn't let him, so play. Damn you. Yeah, let's get a full practice in on Friday. That'd be nice. Alvin Kamara has a foot issue, but he says he's fine. Devontae Adams, meanwhile, has an ankle issue, and he's he says he's not guaranteed to play. Just so you know, Jamal Williams has now played five games in the last three seasons without Devontae Adams. Or last two seasons, rather. Five games in the last two seasons without Devontae Adams. He caught a touchdown in all three games last year, and he had eight catches for 95 yards in one of the two games this year. The other game was a dud, though. But he's, he has seen a boost in his receiving production with Devontae Adams out. Drew Locke was limited in practice. Noah Fant practiced and seems on track to play. Sammy Watkins was limited. He may have had some type of setback. He may not play at Las Vegas. And uh, Green Bay, good news for them. without The, the Adams news is bad, but both starting cornerbacks could be back this week. Kevin King and Jair Alexander at Indianapolis, hmm. which, by the way, the Colts could be without. Starting safety, Kari Willis and those are your news and notes i've got some tough calls i wanted to ask you about but first dave you seem a little stressed are you okay man
0: i'm stressed i think you need a moment what to about chill. Me, no no what about me is stressed adam i had the best weekend last weekend my parents were in town oh, my in-laws right. were in town my daughter had her bat mitzvah and when we talk about these these moments where you just need to chill I've done it after like calamity happens or after I put furniture together. This was a different type of (laughs) moment to chill. We just celebrated. It was hours and hours after the fact. My wife and I are at home. The kids are playing in the backyard. And I got that moment to chill. And I looked at my wife and I go, you know what? I'm going to have a Coors Light. And it was that rocky mountain goodness. It was crisp. It was clean. It tasted great. There was no aftertaste. It was fantastic. And I just was able to just soak in the moment of, you know, me getting older and everything's flying by, but also celebrating my daughter, celebrating with my family. It was fantastic. So I used that time to chill. And I did it with Coors Light. And uh, it was refreshing and perfect.
1: All right, I'd raise a glass to that, or a can for that matter. And don't miss the new packaging from Coors Light, it's already hitting the shelves. It's got clear skies that invite you to sit back, unwind, and drink it all in. And the iconic Coors Light mountains still turn blue when your beer is as cold as the Rockies. Uh, so yeah, when you want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill and get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Get. Coors.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Okay, I'm going to ask you about some tough calls. we am going to do this in the sort of rankings dispute style, kind of quick hitters here. J.D. McKissick or Todd Gurley in PPR? J.D. McKissick against the Bengals. Todd Gurley at New Orleans. I just told you New Orleans has faced six running backs this year that have had 15 or more carries, and Gurley's had 14 or more in every game. Gurley scored in all but one game. However, the Saints just don't give up rushing touchdowns. Those six running backs who had 15 or more carries, only one of them scored, and that was Aaron Jones. So in PPR, J.D. McKissick against the Bengals or Todd Gurley at New Orleans?
0: They're back-to-back in my rankings, and I'm taking McKissick. And look, it wouldn't surprise me if Gurley scores. That's what he does. I have a hard time saying that you should absolutely positively sit him. Are the odds against him this week? I would say, yeah, he's a bus candidate. But... I do think McKissick continues to catch the ball because that's what he does, and that's what Washington's offense is all about.
2: Saints in are his number last one four against games. Gurley's averaging fifty-two point three rushing yards per game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this,
1: the Saints number He's one against running backs, three point four three yards per carry. And I think I don't know if you've been noticing the Bucks' run defense hasn't been quite as great lately. After since losing Vita Vea, I think the Saints might might be the best run defense in football. They're all, them and the Colts and the Bucks. I would say the three that are really in that discussion. Uh, Let's go with the next tough call. A couple of Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott at Minnesota or Amari Cooper at Minnesota? Ezekiel Elliott in four games without Dak Prescott is averaging 3.41 yards per carry. He has scored in PPR 11, 5, 8, and 8 PPR fantasy points. And I know you're going to say he had eight catches in his only game with Andy Dalton, but it's not true. Because he had, I think, no catches in the Washington game. And
0: Dalton played most of that game. So Zeke or Cooper? PPR, it's Cooper. In fact, I'm going Cooper and Lamb over Zeke in PPR.
2: I'll take Zeke in both. Uh, I think, you know, fresh legs will help. I think them getting healthier across the board will help. And so I-
0: I'm I'm moderately encouraged by Zeke Elliott coming off their bye week. I mean, didn't you just see what the Vikings defense did to that Bears run game on Monday night?
1: <laughs> All right, I'm just messing
0: around with that. I, I, I think the Cowboys are going to have to throw in this game. And I Cooper's given you modest numbers in PPR, three of his past four. He was very uh, good and with Dalton against Arizona. He was. And and I really like the matchup in the slot for Lamb this week. So I'm, I'm banking on Andy Dalton getting a little more time in the pocket and connecting with those two.
2: Yeah, I think the receivers will play well. I just think this is a game Zeke will find the end zone for the first time since week five. I think he'll be back involved in the passing game. Uh, Again, I'm moderately encouraged by him this week. What a sentence. Zeke
0: hasn't found the end zone since week five. I've got some sort of uh, advanced
1: stats on him if you'd like to hear them. I was going to save them for the game preview. By the way, Dave, you might be convincing me to start CeeDee Lamb. I already have him in my lineup because I have crappy players on my bench. Oh,
0: great. What a a sell job I've done. You've already got him in your lineup. If we trade
2: back? Can I land back? <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting him over Ronald Jones in a PPR league. Um, okay. Let me give you. Oh, you those. have a couple of legal lineups there, buddy. Stop cheating.
1: Me? <gasps> we talking yeah, you have,
2: about? No. You have Jamal Williams on an IR spot for two weeks now, dude. No. That's not cool. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't even notice. I did not even know. Oh, I think it's you IDP didn't league. even know? Have you been setting your lineup? It's in two different leagues. I saw. I saw last night. I went. I went look. No, to it's see who not.
1: Yeah, not not me. Not an IDP. I don't have him there. I have a Jamal Adam, Williams you in one monster. league. One league. One league. Uh, let me tell you about Ezekiel Elliott, okay? ESPN wrote a good story about him. So the question was, is he facing six men, or eight men in the box, eight men fronts? Among NFL backs, he has the fifth most carries against fronts of seven defenders or less. So no, he is not facing eight-man fronts. He is facing a lot of seven-man fronts and still doing poorly. As a rookie in 2016, he averaged 3.1 yards before contact and 1.96 yards per carry after first contact. This season, it's down to 2.06 yards before contact and 1.75 yards after first contact. Uh, for comparison's sake, Dalvin Cook is averaging 2.9 yards before, carry, before contact. Zeke's at 2.06. Huge difference there. And yeah. Cook is averaging 2.59 yards after first contact. Zeke, 1.75 yards after first contact. So, th- you know, those numbers are not kind to Ezekiel Elliott. They're not kind to his offensive line. And uh I I you know look I know people think I've horrible takes and I say some wacky things I just don't know if he's still a great football player I'm sorry to say it. I don't know if he's still a great running back. We haven't seen the explosive plays. It happens sometimes to running backs. It happened to Todd Gurley. Looks like it happened to Melvin Gordon. Is it happening to Zeke? I'm not ready to go there yet guys, but I think uh if he has another bad game, I think it's a discussion worth having.
0: But I think it's a discussion worth having after the season because you can't just make that call after four or five games. If it's consistent for the rest of the year where that offensive line let him down and the numbers are clearly different, then we're going to say, okay, well, he needs the offensive line to be healthy in order for him to be good. We used to believe that Zeke would be playing well behind, you know, five old grandmas on the offensive line. It right. didn't matter. Maybe it will matter. Yeah.
2: I right, found the two leagues where you're cheating.
0: Okay. okay good. Let's get to this.
2: <laughs> Our magazine league. You have Jamal Williams and IR spot. Okay, I do. Jeez. And our IDP league, Gosh. you have Debo Samuel in IR spot. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Oh, he's not an IR.
0: Oh well, that's a problem then. He yeah. Um, I think we found the real gall, man. Who did Dave?
1: <laughs> who did Dave start against me last night? Oh, he started Russell Wilson and DeAndre Hopkins. I will take that in the July. Okay, mm-hmm. moving on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. That is uh that is poor form on my part. <laughs> Hazard. How much do you guys trust Michael Thomas? Is he a tough call this week? Because Heath has him in the 30s, low 30s. Wow.
0: Wow. Heath has Michael
1: Thomas in the low 30s? Unless that's Mike Thomas, the other one. But no, yeah, he's got him 32nd in non-PPR. Well, and I know Mike 20, Thomas be flex. 26 in PPR.
2: Yeah, I'm going to start him this week. It's Atlanta. They're not good. I think Jameis will be good for Thomas. Um It's been a bad season. He's been, you know, banged up. Obviously, he's had some issues with punching teammates. And, you know, he's at some point going to start to play well. It's not
0: a wouldn't be a shock if it's against Atlanta because they're not very good. I've got him 15th in PPR. I don't think he's a top 12 guy this week, but I think he is still a guy that you want to put in your lineup. And I watched I watched that game and he doesn't look slow. He looks just as fast as he did before. So I don't think he's being hampered by injury. His routes still look good. It's he, he's getting a downgraded quarterback this week. There's no question about it. The, the, but see, the, the
2: the thing that you're right, it's a downgrade, but the thing that might be an upgrade is maybe Sean Payton does allow them to throw the ball down the field a little bit more because they know that breeze can't throw the ball downfield with the same level of success that he has in the past. So Jameis is has Thomas a bigger that guy
0: though. Is Thomas a downfield guy? Like consistently, are they going to throw five deep targets? I think then? we may
2: see some more shots in the scene, you know, the, you know, as opposed to, you know, a, a five yard, dig route or in route, you know, a little bit more of a skinny post, (laughs) you know, some chances, 15 yards or more down the field. Uh, I think that'll certainly help Michael Thomas.
0: And we know that Thomas can do that. I was thinking a little bit more about like 30 yards downfield. I don't know how many of those types of plays Thomas can be on the other end of, but, and this is why I kept him ranked where I have him. Winston threw 10 times last week, five of them were to Michael Thomas, two were in the end zone. Right. So he knows where to go with the football. Yeah. yeah he's top assumed, 10 guy for me. I'm he, not, I'm not getting yeah. cute in Michael Thomas. And he's top he's 15
1: for Dave. Game. All right, let's move on yeah, then. I'm 15th. Taysom Hill, where would you rank Taysom Hill in your tight end rankings? If you some leagues you can play Hill at tight end and he is my fanduel tight end and I quite frankly I think that is an absolute no-brainer. You have to keep scrolling down to find Taysom Hill. That's, <laughs> That's how always a good thing. Inexpensive he is. Um so Ten. I mean it's, it's not a no-brainer, but it's it's a good value. Uh where would you rank Taysom Hill in your tight end rankings?
0: 10. Right around there. I was going to say 13. So just outside of the top 12. So
1: who's the best tight end in that game? How would you rank the three tight ends in that game? Hill, Cook, and Hurst.
2: Hurst,
0: Hill, Cook. I think I feel the same way.
1: Okay. that's
0: fair. I mean, nice. isn't there a chance that Jameis gets off to a rough start? And Sean Payton's like, nuts to this. I'm just going to put Taysom Hill in there. And then Taysom Hill gets, you know, 20 fantasy points. It's rushing possible. and throwing and catching and doing all that jazz. All
1: right, let's beat the waiver wire. I'm going to be honest with you. Most of the players I found are rostered in a lot of leagues. So I, I'm i sorry about that. It was just sort of the way it worked out this week. But here we go. Zach Ertz is still 70% rostered. It's available in 30% of leagues. Take a look at Zach Ertz. The Seahawks DST, if you still can, at Philadelphia, Giants, Jets, at Washington. Some leagues allow you to pick up players who have already played on Thursday. Obviously, you can't start them in the current week, but you can pick them up. The Washington DST, they're 72% rostered. They're at Dallas next week. They sacked Dallas six times a few weeks ago and allowed three points at a huge game. Uh, But they've also been kind of bad bad against other good matchups. So keep that in mind. Maybe Nelson Aguilar, maybe a Raiders wide receiver at Atlanta next week. Wouldn't mind that so much. Maybe Henry Ruggs. Derek Carr, he's you know he's rostered in a lot of leagues. He's at Atlanta. Tua's at the Jets. Maybe Jakeem Grant at the Jets. Maybe Daniel Jones at Cincinnati. Or if somebody dropped Darius Slayton or still, That's actually a good one. We know how how much Cincinnati struggles against wide receivers. If somebody dropped Darius Slayton, which I did. If somebody dropped Dar- uh, Sterling Shepard, which I know Jamie did in one league because he had to make those decisions this week. Take a look at those two guys on their bye week. They get the Bengals next week.
2: Maybe Evan Ingram, too. Somebody could yeah. drop him. And the two DSTs, I think, in that game are appealing the Giants and the Bengals. You mentioned the, the Seahawks defense, if you can still pick them up. I'd still pick up Carlos Hyde, too. I mean, there's no guarantee Chris Carson plays next week.
1: Cleveland's DST is 82% roster. That's going to be a tough one to find, but they're at Jacksonville. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater at Minnesota if you really need a quarterback next week. There are no buys next week, so beat the waiver wire won't be as enticing. Saints DST is 82% roster. They're at Denver. Josh Reynolds, maybe want to see what's going on there. Eight, I think seven or more targets in three straight games, eight or more targets in three straight games.
0: He's led all Rams receivers in targets, catches, yards, air yards, red zone targets, and end zone targets over the last three games. It's
2: pretty good. So he's 13% rostered. If and, uh, if people in your league aren't cheating and stashing Debo Samuel it, it, on our <laughs> spots, he could be available. I can't believe I'm doing that. I'm really sorry about that. That I'm, was a Jacob
0: stat, by the way.
2: Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Good stuff. Yeah, Jacob came up with that one.
1: Green Bay against Chicago, their DST. Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager also getting a lot of targets lately, target share anyway. And he's 36% rostered and he's facing Seattle. Good opportunity there. And Carson Wentz, people might be fed up if they dropped him. He's 78%. I mean, too,
2: just in case he's back to form.
1: Yeah. All right. Startometer. Or Jordan Howard. Startometer. Let's go real quick on this. I want to get to the games here. I always take too long. Startometer on these three games Cleveland at Philadelphia. Baker Mayfield.
2: Zero. One.
1: Kareem Hunt. Ten. 10. All right, Nick Chubb's obviously a 10 as well. Ten. He's an 11. Jarvis Landry, 30% target share in three games without Odell Beckham for Landry, but not a good matchup. What are you doing with Landry?
2: Five. I'm stashing Landry with the hope that when the weather starts to get better, he starts to play better. But it's supposed to rain again, so I mean, just another bad weather game in Cleveland. Okay, and uh, Ho- Hooper?
1: Four. Uh, Yeah, Five. Hooper or Taysom Hill?
0: Uh, Hill. Okay. Carson Wentz. Two. Um, no, that's too harsh.
1: 2.3. Four. <laughs> Any Eagle other than Miles Sanders?
2: If Ertz plays, yes. If Ertz doesn't play, Goddard.
1: Okay. Yep. Goddard or?
0: Oh, wait a minute. Folgum Fulgham. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Remember him? Well, I, I do remember him. Do the week? Eagles remember him? If the weather's bad, I don't think you can go with Fulgham. But if, assuming they're not playing in a tornado, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I'm just worried about his target share.
2: I mean, you know, it's a one-game sample size, but it was a bad sample size. So uh, I don't think he's a must-start. I think he's the number three receiver at best. Cincinnati, Washington. Joe Burrow. Seven. Uh, yeah, seven's fine. Giovanni Bernard. Or, or Joe Mixon. It's funny because like I like Geo by himself better than I do Mixon coming back. I hate saying <laughs> yeah, that.
0: I do too. It feels
2: that way. <laughs> uh, yep. Geo is a eight in non PPR, nine in PPR.
1: Okay. How about Tyler Boyd and T Higgins?
0: Higgins is a ten. Boyd is a eight. Nine. Boyd's Higgins, nine. eight for eight for Boyd. Right, start
1: them. Start uh, Alex Smith zero to ten. Two, uh, three. Okay. How about Antonio Gibson? Seven, eight. Who do you like better this week, Gibson or McKissick in PPR? Gibson. Yes. Okay. McLaurin's a must-start. Remember the Bengals? It's like two wide receivers every game, or it's
0: every any wide receiver gets more than six targets, they're always good. Cam Sims is a sleeper in DFS. Yeah, it, and if I, you're just absolutely done, you should be able to find a better receiver than Cam Sims on the waiver wire. But maybe you're in a deep league. Sims is someone to look at. His playing time's been through the roof.
1: Logan Thomas or Austin Hooper.
0: Thomas. Uh, Thomas. All right. Thomas has ten plus PPR in three of his past four.
1: Atlanta at New Orleans. Yeah, but you know, Hooper like Hooper was playing really well before coming back to a terrible weather game. You know. He was five catches
2: three games in a row. If you if like I'd rather have Hooper than Thomas for the rest
0: of the season. I'm not sure if I would. I wonder if Alex Smith and the check down mentality helps Thomas more. It might. It might.
2: Okay, last game is Atlanta at New Orleans. Matt Ryan. Eight. Uh Ridley back, he's a ten. Ridley back, he's an eight. Really not back, he's an eight.
1: How about uh, yeah, that, uh, Hayden Hurst. 8-7. We talked about Jameis. We've talked about Michael. Yeah, all right. That's it. Emmanuel Sanders. Four.
2: Uh, three. Okay.
1: That
0: Let's equals seven.
1: Go to the games. Tampa Bay at the Rams. Here's your stat of the game. I'm going to make a case for Jared Goff as a sleeper. Four straight quarterbacks have scored 20 or more fantasy points. They are Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Drew Brees, and Teddy Bridgewater. Most of them were in the twenty to twenty-two range, but all four of them—Carr, Daniel Jones, Brees, and Bridgewater—threw multiple touchdown passes. We do know that the Bucks have a very good run defense, and we just know that Golf is not throwing the ball in the red zone. We talked about that on Wednesday. Very, very low red zone and green zone pass attempt uh, numbers for Golf. But you know, like twenty to twenty-two points, maybe that's. Good enough to finish top 12 or close? I think you guys have him closer to 20. So I'm I'm making the case for Goff as a sleeper. What do you think?
0: I get what you're doing. And I think it's, I think it would be more possible if he had Whitworth at left tackle. I'm nervous about that protection. And anytime Jared Goff's been in a game where defenses are able to pressure him, he wilts. He's that type of quarterback. So I, I sure, you know, I, when we talk about Brady, I talk about how I think he can get rid of the ball quickly and make good reads and throw with good accuracy. Goff could do that too, but I don't know if he'll be nearly as successful. And when they get inside the 10, it's not. All right, let's see where Jared Goff can go with the football. It's we've got three running backs. Let's rotate them in. Brown would be first and let's try and score on the ground.
1: I want to lay this game out a little bit for y'all. Tampa Bay, if you look at the defenses, the Bucks are third in yards per play eighth in scoring defense. The Rams are second in yards per play, second in scoring defense. And I look at the the Bucks defense though and and the in my opinion the four toughest matchups they've had have been the Saints, the Chargers, the Packers and the Saints again. And in three of those four games they gave up 31 to 38 points. So, <laughs> you know, and then and then you look at the Rams and they've played like the NFC East, you know, the Bears, they were great against Seattle last week, but I guess what I'm saying is jury's still out on these defenses, but right now they look like two of the best. And in terms of the offenses, did you know that the Rams actually average more yards per play? Oh, I think they average the same amount of yards per play. Um, they're 11th and 12th in yards per play. But the Rams run more plays. They actually have more yards per game than the Bucks, but they're not nearly as good in the red zone. So the Bucks score a lot more points. Uh, so that's kind of interesting there. Now let's get into the rankings. Tom Brady. 14th for Jamie, 11th for Dave, 10th for for Heath. And we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier. But, Dave, you were a little more optimistic about Brady, if you want to give a quick thought there.
0: Yeah, just top 12 potential, but not necessarily top 5 potential. I don't see a three-touchdown game coming for him, but I think he can connect for a couple of scores, decent yardage, hopefully not turn the ball over, hopefully not get sacked a bunch. I think the Bucks learned their lesson from the game against the Saints. And uh, too many guys for him to throw to Evans Godwin Gronk Brown the running backs I I think that there's going to be so many weapons at their disposal and they're counting on Tom Brady to make the right read I think he can do that keep the ball away from Jalen Ramsey and uh, and have a good game not a great game but a good one
1: Jamie the Rams run defense wasn't great at the start of the year but in the last six weeks it has been dominant and of course we know the Bucks run defense has been really good all year. Are there any running backs you want to start in this game?
2: No. And this is part of the reason I don't like Brady. When we've seen the bucks get one dimensional, he struggles because when the run game's not there to support him, he's had bad games. The New Orleans game is a perfect example of that they didn't run the ball. And he was terrible because you get one dimensional teams know what you're going to do. The thing that's going to be tough for them in the run and in the pass is that monster in the middle. Brady hates pressure up the middle. Aaron Donald is the best in the business and he's going to disrupt the run game. Their, their linebackers are playing great. Um, Leonard Floyd's having a monster season for them. And I think it's going to be tough for this entire offense for Tampa Bay. So um, I, I'm, I downgrade all of them. But the running backs in particular, yeah, I think Ronald Jones is the safer of the two because you know his carries will be there. Leonard Fournette's probably a little bit safer in PPR, but I try to avoid both.
1: Is Ronald Jones the best running back in the game?
2: Um, Yes, he is the best running back in the game.
1: Okay, so then let's spend the next 45 minutes talking about the wide receivers in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best and who's the worst? I'm going to throw Josh Reynolds in there, so I'm going to say we're talking about six wide receivers. Who's the best and who's the worst?
2: I would take Godwin as the best, but Cooper Cup not far behind. Um, Mike Evans and Robert Woods make me nervous just given what their start percentage is probably going to be because Evans is most likely going to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey because he likes bigger physical receivers and Evans is their biggest Visible. Let me let me
1: interrupt you. I'm sorry. Good thought from Frank Stample on Twitch last night. He thinks Ramsey might spend the most time on Antonio Brown because Evans is in the slot like a lot. Forty mm-hmm. percent or something, something like I don't remember the number, but Evans is in the slot a lot. And and Antonio Brown for the so far has not been in the slot either at all or very much at all. Um, and we know
2: Godwin will.
1: So what do you think about Jamie? Would you think that maybe there, there's some merit to that?
2: Oh, absolutely, but I—I I mean, we've seen Ramsey go inside too this year. He's—he's he's changed his game a little bit, so um, I just think that that's the the type of receiver that Ramsey likes to shadow, and I'm sure the Rams will allow him to do that. Okay, and uh, so you said Godwin, then Cup. Plus, and- Darius Williams is playing really well for them too.
0: Yeah, but that's not a matchup that anybody will fear in Tampa Bay. Like no? Brady's but, not I mean- going to think twice about throwing at Williams.
1: Okay, I'm going to throw some running back names out there, and I want you to tell me which of the wide receivers in this game you would actually start over these running backs. Mike Davis. For sure. No, no, no. Sorry. Tell me which of the wide receivers you'd start over none. the following guys. None. Mike da- okay, For none. sure,
0: Mike Davis over all of them. Giovanni Bernard. None. Yeah, I think I'd say none, too. I'm debating him versus Godwin. Godwin's my favorite receiver in the game.
1: Let's go then a little bit lower. Let's go to J.D. McKissick.
0: Godwin, Godwin. Evans, that's it. Godwin, and that's it.
1: Let's go with Clyde edwards helaire
0: Godwin,
2: Evans, that's it. Godwin and Cup, and that's it.
1: Let's go to Damian Harris, and let's say PPR.
2: Godwin, uh, Godwin and Cup.
1: Okay, Dave likes him a lot. Uh, uh Damian Harris. How about Savan Ahmed? Let's only do a couple more here. Uh, Savan, yeah, Savan Ahmed, and then we'll do Naim Hines. Ahmed first.
0: Same thing. Uh, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little deeper with Ahmed. It's gonna be Godwin, Evans, Brown, Gronk two probably Cup and Woods. So Achmet will be behind them all in PPR. So
1: are you saying, Dave, that you have all three Bucks wide receivers ahead of Cup and Woods?
0: No, I've got Cup and... I just didn't give you the right order. I've got okay. Cup and Woods ahead of Antonio Brown. Okay.
1: Do you guys both like Cup better than Woods?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, you've seen the targets for him, you know, including the 21 target game.
1: Okay. So then... Against Miami. I'm going to finish... I'm going to finish the discussion with this. Just give me, like must start, good start, bad start, ter- you know, give me like one or two words for each player. Chris Godwin. Good start I'll start. Must start good start. Mike Evans. Leads good the NFL, start. sorry, leads the NFL in red zone and green zone targets. Mike Evans. Good shaky. start. Good start for Dave, shaky for Jamie. Antonio Brown. Bad start. Flex. Uh Cooper Cup, Good start. High end flex. Robert Woods. High-end flex. And uh, Josh
2: Reynolds.
0: Bad start. Flex at best. It's funny how we're <sighs> not giving him the credit. Well, you know? the
1: other thing is, like, we've seen it with our own two eyes. The The Buccaneers, Carlton Davis shuts down. He's amazing.
0: Eh, he got beat on a big catch last week.
1: And we have seen that a little bit, too. Like, think about the Giants game, how many chances Daniel Jones missed. Mm-hmm. And then the week after that, they were a mess. And like I said, they gave up 30 or more points in three of the four games against good opponents. They crushed the Packers. I mean, there's been some vulnerabilities there. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I, I have both,
0: a hard time
2: trusting. Quarterbacks struggle with pressure. These two guys, we've seen very many examples of it this year where
0: you get pressure on them and they wilt. And they're and a lot of point. pressure on both of these guys. Fair. Which offense do you trust to handle that pressure better coming into the game?
2: Bucks. Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I think you got to trust Brady more because of the offensive line concerns for the Rams. But the way that the Rams play, um, if they get their wide zone running game going, then their play action is fantastic. And that's when Goff picks you apart. If the Bucks stop that, which you assume that they're going to because their run defense is so good, and then Goff gets in trouble, he's going to be a disaster. That's what happened against Miami. And so, this is an interesting game for both of these teams because you you've seen when teams get physical with Tampa Bay, they don't like offensively, they don't like it. That's what happened with New Orleans. This is a yep. physical defense. That's you've true. When teams get physical with the Rams, it's going back to the Super Bowl loss against the Patriots. They don't handle it very well. And so you mentioned that The schedule's been very easy for the Rams for the most part. You know, they, they've managed through some of their tougher games lately, the Bears and the and the Seahawks in particular. But that Dolphins game, they got punched in the mouth by a really good defense. And this is a really good defense. And so I think the, the offensive line is going to be key for both of these teams, as it is for most teams. That's not saying very much. But if Brady's getting pressure up the middle, he's going to start seeing ghosts again. And if Goff is getting pressure anywhere, he's going to struggle. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'd play the under if you're betting it.
1: Rob Gronkowski, must
2: start. He's yeah. a tight end with a pulse, yes.
1: <laughs> okay, has a touchdown catch in four of his last five games. Rams are...
2: Should have added five straight. He'd drop one against the Saints. Yeah, yeah. True that.
1: But he only had three targets last week. That's why Heath had uh, has him just outside the top... Uh, 11th and non, 13th in PPR. Dave and Jamie have him top six. And Tyler Higby, a little bit of sleeper appeal there, right, for Tyler Higby? Bucks have I allowed guess. a touchdown, uh, four touchdowns to tight ends in the last four games?
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't know if he's going to be involved past four targets from game to game.
1: Rams DST, low-end starter, Bucks DST, a little bit better than that. In fact, Dave we, has the Bucks we, third. We're just
0: going to sit all the Rams running backs? Do we get into that? Yeah, okay. I think so.
1: I mean, Jamie, I asked him if there's any running backs he wants to start. He said no. You agree?
0: I Well, I think we both agree that Brown is the best one. And it's just that Tampa has only allowed 11 or fewer fantasy points to eight straight running backs. There are eight straight games. A so running back hasn't had more than 11 fantasy points, and it's been eight. Non PPR. This is non PPR in uh, the past four. So their their run defense has been good.
2: Yeah, I start Brown over both Broncos guys and all the Ravens guys.
0: Yeah, I'm with it. Okay,
1: uh, Green Bay at Indianapolis. Uh, do I? Have, no, I'm not gonna. Okay, yeah, Green Bay at Indianapolis. There we go. That we're ready to move on. Um, here's your repeat stat of the game. We gave this on Tuesday. A running back has a hundred yards or a touchdown in every game this week, this year against Green Bay.
2: So, who's it going to be? Who's going to get 100 yards or a touchdown? Hines? You got to try. Trust Naeem Hines if you can. You know, it's not a must start, but, you know, if he gets the lead touches, uh, he's going to have a good game.
0: You Taylor, you just that can't would trust happen.
2: him. If he does get the lead touches, he's going to have a good game because he's been so inconsistent. And Jordan Wilkins just don't even bother. So, yeah. you know, one of these guys will probably score. Wouldn't be surprising if it's Taylor. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if Naeem Hines plays the most and gets the most touches. I mean, two games so far for them this season that's happened. Uh, one was a disaster for them. One was a great game for them. Week one, it was a disaster because they were chasing points in a surprise loss to Jacksonville. And then last week they had one of their best games offensively and he was their best running back. If I'm Frank Reich, I'm sticking with that until it, you know, fails. So I don't know why they wouldn't go back to Naeem Hines. He's, he's, he gives them such a different element offensively because you know when Taylor's in the game – they're probably running not a guarantee obviously but they're probably running it's probably more of a power running game power running attack straight up the middle you know something that's not very creative they can do so many different things with Naeem Hines. and it's not like he's he's it, it's not like he's just there and sprawling his way through the season when he's not getting carries if he's getting carries you saw it last week he was explosive
0: yeah, it's the fear it. of the commitment not being there because after week one, when he had that big game in week one, there were but five straight games where he didn't do anything. That wasn't running the ball to the same level. Okay. Um I, I, I wanna believe it. But in PPR, yes, Hines over Taylor. Non PPR, I'm still gonna go with Taylor because I think he can score. And I think that this coaching staff still wants to try to get him going. But every time Jordan Wilkins is on the field, I'm gonna like scream at the TV, curse. The other part of Angel, this was with- something like that
2: with Hines is that this is a good offense that they're facing if they're chasing points it's almost a certainty that Hines they'll is going to be behind that's for sure mm-hmm. so that's the reason why I think you trust Hines is that yeah. i know the Colts defense is really good they had a great season but aaron rodgers is playing at an mvp level and i don't think they're going to stop him they may slow him down i don't think they're going to stop him i don't think they're going to
0: stop what if him. there's no devonte
2: adams not even if devonte adams is there i don't think they're going to stop aaron, uh, aaron rodgers They'll slow him down and make things easier if Rogers if uh, Adams is there, but I mean he's had great games without Adams on the field already this season. I think he'll have another good game as well.
1: Yeah, he's had he's had uh, without Devontae Adams like four straight games with thirty or more points or something like that, going back to last year. Both of them. Okay, yeah, 53, 32, thir- yeah, four straight games dating back to last year with 30 or more points and six points for passing touchdown leagues without Adams. Now, this will be a different competition for sure. But let me finish up on Naheem Hines here. Would you start him over Ronald Jones? Would you start him over Malcolm Brown? Yep. Yeah, PPR, okay. yeah. How about Rex Burkhead or Naheem Hines?
0: Hines. I'd yeah, go Hines. Okay,
1: that was your first stat of the day. Your second stat of the day is about Michael Pittman. He has seven and eight targets in his last two games against the Green Bay Packers. There have been 11 wide receivers with six or more targets and seven of them, seven out of 11 had solid games, eight or more non PPR points, 12 or more PPR fantasy points. So how many uh, of them came
2: in the last five without King? Exactly.
1: I think it's been fairly just evenly distributed, but I can, I can check on that. Uh, do you guys have any faith in the passing game? Because you know, I keep mentioning this. They haven't had a good running game. It's led to a lot of pass attempts for Philip Rivers, and he's been he's been kind of kind of good three of the last four games.
2: So yeah, but that was against the Titans, and he played great. He he just didn't get a huge fantasy game. Uh, Jacoby Brissett stole a touchdown. He had over three hundred yards and a touchdown in that game, so it was eighteen fantasy points. And then the two prior to that, I believe, was Detroit and Cincinnati, and the game that he struggled was against Baltimore. So. If King and Alexander play, I'd be more concerned about Rivers, but he's in that, you know, oh, I'm stuck. I lost, excuse me, I lost Breeze uh, and Josh Allen's on a bye and I didn't prepare. And so, you know, Rivers, Alex Smith, uh, you couldn't get Jameis, let's say, you know, these these are okay options, but, you know, Rivers would be less attractive if the Packers' corners are there.
1: Okay. Rivers or golf?
2: I've got uh, I'll go Rivers as of now, but if, if Alexander and King are in, then I'm going to play golf.
1: So here's the narrative on Aaron Rodgers that some fantasy managers have. He has just destroyed crap competition all year. He faced one or two really good opponents, and he was horrible against Tampa Bay. Uh, and I just laid out that Tampa Bay's defense is has actually struggled against good matchups, but they did not struggle against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they struggled against good teams. I meant good offenses. And then uh, he faced San Francisco, and they were—I don't know if they're good or not. He crushed them. So they, you know, he also did good out. against
2: New Orleans. I know they weren't the same defense that they are now, but he had a good game there. Uh,
1: they were horrible when he faced them. Um, and but he did have a good game without Devontae Adams. Anyway, uh, this is a team that gives up the what the second fewest, second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Only two have scored more than eighteen quarterbacks. But the you know the competition hasn't really been that great against the Colts. So you have got you guys have no problem starting Rodgers, right?
0: None.
2: Okay. Start- I mean it it's it's a downgrade if there's no Adams to an extent, you know, like But he's still going to
0: th- be top 10.
2: Yeah, but like if you have Rodgers and Herbert, I'd start Herbert over Rodgers, right sure. now I'm starting Rodgers over Herbert. Um, yep. you know, I'm not going to start Winston over him, I'm not going to start uh Burrow over him, you know, the guys that are in the low end would starting you, range, no. Would but, you
0: start Cam or Aaron Rodgers without i Oh, no, still Rodgers. I think I would too. Okay. But Matt Ryan, I'll take ahead of Rodgers. Without without Rodgers. Adams. Yeah. Start Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams, any interest?
2: Uh, Adam's if out, there's no Devontae Adams, then he's in the flex conversation.
0: And he's in the DFS conversation.
1: Okay, talk to me about MVS and Lazard.
0: Don't expect Lazard to play a whole lot unless Adams is out. If Adams is out, then I think the Packers really don't have a choice. They'll put him out there. But MBS is going to be the same guy whether Lazard plays, Adams plays, whichever. Um, downfield target, guy that Rodgers is going to try and take some chances with. Boom bust flex.
2: He's got 10 targets the last two weeks, you know. So he's been really successful in those 10 targets, three touchdowns. But, you know, if he doesn't score, you're gonna be really, really disappointed. And and Adam, just to your point about the Lions, like who they excuse me, the Colts, who they face, like it's it's miserable. Yeah, it's so easy. <laughs> I mean, like Stafford lit them up. Burrow should have had a bigger game. He doesn't get touchdowns, but he went for 313 in that game and he ran for a score. Uh, You know, you could say they did a good job against Lamar Jackson, but, you know, not the same type of thrower, clearly. Tannehill they did well against. Huh? Tannehill. But Tannehill's offense line's a joke. Tannehill
1: could have had, if A.J. Brown catches that ball, runs for a touchdown, you know, it's a much different game. Uh, Would you, if Allen, if Devontae Adams is out, would you start Lazard or MVS over, let's say... Uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, you know. No, no. Not those guys. How about Antonio Brown?
0: Yes. Okay. You know, if I needed somebody with that type of crazy upside, I would start him over Brown. But I don't think I would make it that way. Both Packers guys over all the Broncos guys.
1: Robert Tunyon is a sit. Colts are great against tight ends. They haven't allowed a receiving touchdown to a tight end this year. But if Adams is out, (laughs) Tunyon was actually a star. When mm-hmm.
0: Adams was out, would you start him?
2: His value would certainly improve, but you know, low end starter at best.
0: He would he would make the top twelve.
1: Alrighty, so you might be able to pick him up if Adams is out. That's the only way we'd endorse that. Sixty one percent rostered Robert Tunyon, and I believe that is it for this game. And Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman. Okay, so if Adams plays, is obviously the best wide receiver. Who's the second best
0: wide receiver in this game? Uh, I think you can make the case for Pittman.
1: And let me tell you something like we don't love Pittman this week because, you know, we're just not convinced, but he's 40% rostered. And this is definitely a beat the waiver wire guy because if he has another good game, then you might just be seeing a second half breakout. He gets Tennessee next week. He just had a hundred yards against them. He gets Houston, then Vegas, then Houston, then Pittsburgh. It's a great schedule. It doesn't have for to Pittman. necessarily
2: be a good game, but if it's still seven targets, right. then that's something you buy into.
1: Right. All right. So this is his toughest matchup rest of season. Michael Pittman is a, is a beat the waiver wire guy for sure. And just going to guess we're not trusting a Colts
2: tight end, right? No, right. but it's better for one of the two guys if Jack Doyle is out.
1: Yeah. All right. Philadelphia, that would be at Allie Cleveland. Allie
0: Cox. Allie Cox. Philadelphia, yeah, be at
1: Cleveland. Here we go. We got four games left, guys. Stat of the game number one. Just, just a little note here. Miles Sanders has only caught 14 of 30 targets this year. That is terrible for a running back, and they've been so close to connecting. Last year, he caught 79.4 percent of his targets. So I think there is some receiving production still to come from Miles Sanders that we just haven't gotten. So whatever, you're starting Miles Sanders. Uh, stat of the game number two. Philadelphia, they're pretty good against wide receivers. Check this list. All of these players had 61 or fewer yards and no touchdowns against the Eagles. McLaurin, Woods, A.J. Green, Ayuk, Debo Samuel on my IR spot. Juju, uh, Marquise Brown, Slayton once, Cooper, Lamb. All bad games. So what do we do with Jarvis Landry?
2: You can flex them in PPR. Yeah, I'd rather just stash them on my bench for now because, again, expect it to rain. They're going to run the ball. I think they're, the Eagles' offense is going to struggle because the Eagles' offense just tends to struggle. Um, and so I don't think it's going to be a huge game for Jarvis Landry, but I do think there's big games coming. Travis Fulgham.
1: Let's have a little discussion here. Since Jalen Rager returned, he has 12 targets. And those have been somewhat low pass, attempts game, pass attempt games for Wentz. 27 in one of them. That's bad. But 37 in the other. And that's low for Wentz, but not that low. So I'm guessing Fulgham is the only wide receiver you want to start? For the Eagles?
0: yeah, That's the case for me. I don't want to start him at all. That's interesting. Uh, look, Number three he, receiver. He had a touchdown in, in four or five games. Before Nobody was passed. there. The whole team was decimated. Okay, but he's still their best outside receiver, I think. And he should get more targets. Last week was the first time he didn't have seven targets and 70 yards. In his last five, anyway. And... I'm not giving the Browns credit for good pass defense because Mother Nature was on their side the last two games at home.
2: No, but pass think. rush is going to be a problem for Wentz because Miles Garrett's having
0: a monster season. That's true, which is why having a big, rangy target, ten to twelve yards downfield, is going to be something that helps him in this. Right, game. but is that going to? I be I think it where, helps him more than it would help Rager.
2: Is, is that going to be Wentz where going to Wentz have that ups, time? Though, because he has now Goddard back two games in. Right, they're still using Richard Rogers, so they're still running out. You know, the two tight end personnel. They have capable pass-catching running backs with Sanders or Scott, whoever they decide to use, whether they're connecting or not, they're throwing to them. You have Jeffrey back just on the field. He only had one target last week. Doug Peterson said his, you know, his uh involvement's gonna improve. So now there's another target or two or three or four or five, whoever that you know goes. Mm-hmm. And Rager's obviously commanding targets. It's it's a totally different scenario than what started for Fulgham because he was the only guy there. Rager wasn't there. Deshaun got hurt in that stretch. Goddard wasn't there. I mean, you know, it's just a whole slew of things that worked in his favor. I think he's a good number three receiver. I think he's somebody you definitely want to hold on to. You're not going to drop him. But the other part of this is the way Cleveland slows the game down. And yes, you can factor weather into it. Deshaun Watson was 30 pass attempts last week. Derek Carr was 24 pass attempts. On the road at Cincinnati, 37, 47 pass attempts for Burrow. But... The game before that was Ben Roethlisberger, 22 pass attempts. Teams just don't throw a lot against Cleveland because of time of possession and how that works in their favor. So I just don't know if Wentz is going to have the volume that's going to help Fulgham. He can score. I mean, I hope he does. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust it. After last week, that was a that was a bad sign that he did not have the same level of involvement. Forget about the production. Just the level of involvement wasn't the same.
1: Okay. So Eagles tight ends. You said start Earths if he plays. Start Goddard if Earths doesn't play?
2: Yep. Yeah. Low end starter.
1: But yeah, my God, it's been so bad the last two games. Combined five catches for forty-eight yards on seven targets. Almost all of that production at the Giants. Um, yeah, he really just had one good game this year. Okay, so low end starters. So would you start like Jared Cook or an Eagles tight end?
0: Got it. Or I, it. start Got Yeah, right.
1: Okay, Baker Mayfield is outside of the top twenty. He just does not throw enough. The Cleveland running backs are both going to be starts. Would you start Kareem Hunt or Chris Godwin? I think I may have asked you that. I'm sorry.
0: I will start. Uh, Kareem Hunt. It's not close. Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. It's a good run defense here that the Eagles have. Not that it seems to matter. Against it's a good
0: people. run offense for the Browns. Yeah,
1: they, they run on everyone. Um, and then we talked about the Cleveland wide. Res- okay. You're not really starting the Cleveland passing game, but Austin Hooper. Uh, one catch last week, two targets, but the previous three games, like I said, five catches in each of them, six or more targets, targets in each of them. The Eagles have been pretty damn bad against tight ends. So best tight end in this game is blank. Goddard. as a player, no, as a fantasy guy,
2: uh, I want to say Goddard, but it wouldn't surprise me. If it's Cooper. Okay. This is volume. That's the thing. Volume is so crucial for the Browns. They just don't throw their guys. As Heath would say about Hooper and
1: Goddard, five. (laughs)
2: Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cleveland DST, sixth for Jamie, 15th for Dave, 18th for Heath. Eagles DST, 19th for Jamie, 10th for Dave, 4th for Heath. So pretty different there, but at least two of, like you could start the DSTs according to two of our rankers. Cincinnati at Washington. Your stat of the game. Ooh, this is fun. All right contrasting styles here. Washington allows the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers because they see the fewest wide receiver targets in the NFL. Only two wide receiver, three wide receivers, Marquise Brown, Marvin Jones, and Amari Cooper have had more than 72 yards against 72 yards against the football team. But this is a team that sees like I said the fewest wide receiver targets in the NFL. Joe Burrow is second in the NFL in pass attempts behind only Tom Brady and Brady hasn't had his bye. So, a team that doesn't see any wide receivers targets against a team that throws the ball more than any other team in the NFL, I believe, per game. Pretty fun stuff. So, uh, with that said, Dave, your confidence in the Bengals passing game. What is it?
0: It's good. It's high. I think that Burrow is going to continue to throw. I still don't give credit to Washington's defense, mainly for the reasons that you laid out. Last week, they tried to do something a little bit different against Detroit. Detroit. They played a little more man coverage. This was after the Lions scored on them early in the game. I I don't know if that means that they're tinkering and that they're trying to figure out what might work and what might not work. But if they stick to their zone coverage, which is what they do a lot of, Burrow's going to pick them apart. He's much more efficient against zone coverages than men.
1: So Joe Burrow or Jameis Winston?
2: Burrow for me. Uh, Jameis. I think there's more upside with Jameis. The one thing I, I'm worried about Burrow, he came out of that game last week with a gimpy ankle. And I think almost every Washington defensive lineman, Chase Young included, former uh, teammate of Joe Burrow for a brief moment, um, said, uh, like, he was pissed. <laughs> he, he, he asked Ron Rivera if he can go speak to the media. Like, you don't hear this from young players like this. Like, he, he was just, he wanted to take accountability for how bad they played. And so the nice thing for Burrow is Jonah Williams and Bobby Harder expected to play. So, you know, getting some healthy bodies there. But this pass rush is going to be a problem for him. I mean, pass rush has been a problem for him all season long. So he's going to get sacked. You know, he'll probably turn the ball over once or twice. He's going to have a very Jameis Winston-like game. You know, where he's probably going to be 300-2-2. Two two. Wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Uh, volume will definitely help. And, you know, again, Geo makes them more multidimensional um, in how they attack things. So that'll be a, a boost if he's out there as opposed to Joe Mixon. But uh, Burrow's a very good low-end starting quarterback this week. Again, I just think Winston has a higher ceiling.
1: Would you guys start, Joe Burrow or Derek Carr? Burrow. Okay. And Gio's a must-start if he plays. He'll play. Gio's a must-start if Mixon does not play. Is Mixon going to be a top 15 guy if he plays?
0: Yep. Yeah, I think he'll be right in there.
1: Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, are they top 30 guys? Oh, yeah. Top 20. Top both of them. All right, great.
0: I've got Higgins in my top
1: 12. Hey, all right. Let's do it. hope he's out there. Yeah, and Tyler Boyd, when he's had bad matchups, he struggled. We don't think this is a bad matchup as long as he gets the targets. Alex Smith is outside the top twenty. Uh, Alex Smith or Baker Mayfield, if you're desperate, Smith. Smith, okay. I mean, Smith has the most passing yards in the NFL the last two weeks. And look at the look at the Bengals the last few weeks: thirty points to Rivers, thirty-nine points to Mayfield, twenty-one points to Tannehill, thirty-seven points to Roethlisberger. That's three of the last four quarterbacks they have faced. Rivers, Mayfield, and Roethlisberger. It's not exactly like great. The others two, come on. They all scored 30 or more fantasy points. They had 44, 28, and 46 pass attempts. And Alex Smith is throwing the ball a ton. So uh there's there again, sleeper appeal.
2: Yeah, I mean, Smith, you know, give him credit. The 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 amount of time that he's throwing and and something clicked for him in the second half. Where he was throwing the ball downfield more, you know. So he's feeling more comfortable, you know, trusting his leg a little bit more. So if this game, you know, the hope would be is that this game could be a sneaky bonanza, you know, with the way these two teams have a chance to to score. You like the running backs because clearly we like three of them. And there's a lot of receivers that we like here. You know, certainly one for the Washington side of things and two for the Bengals side of things. I wish it was three for the Bengals side of things.
1: All right. Antonio Gibson. I don't see how anyone how a lot of people are going to be sitting him. He's top 15. And uh, J.D. McKissick is 21. In PPR for Dave, Jamie, and Heath, so he's just ahead of Todd Gurley for Dave in PPR. He's well ahead of Todd Gurley for Jamie. He's going to be ahead of Duke Johnson, is that right? Duke Johnson versus. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah, non PPR. To do PPR, easy to go. With.
1: Yeah, non PPR. Right. It's you're not
2: probably not going to be starting. He's, he's he's so night and day in each format. It's crazy.
1: Absolutely, and you know that stat I always give about the wide receivers against. Cincinnati that it's now 13 of the last 14 with six or more targets have either had 86 yards or a touchdown. My hope is that the second wide receiver in this game is, is JD McKissick who does line up. Could be three guys
2: because Logan Thomas has six targets the last two weeks.
1: Well, the Bengals aren't very good against tight ends either. No, they're 30 they have
0: season. been the last two weeks, but before that they allowed six touchdowns in three games to tight ends.
1: Yeah, so it's weird. It's like we're just making all these cases for all these pass catchers, and Alex Smith is sitting there. Well, I think Smith the is a good...
2: Like, I, text, I, text, I like Smith better than Jared Goff.
0: Yeah. Okay. And Daniel. All right, I'm look, just happy to see Smith play.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: It's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Terry McLaurin, by the way, just a little red alert for you. I know you're all going to be starting him, but in, no, these, the, no in these two games me. with Alex Smith, he has an 18% target share. So, you know, it—it's not ai don't know if it's a great match, those two, but we'll see how it plays out. Of course, you're starting him. He's top 10 in both formats, I believe. And Bengals DST is usable, low-end starter. Washington DST, 7th for Jamie, 24th for Dave. Not really agreeing there. They're going to
2: sack Burrow. I mean, that's what they do, and that's what Burrow does.
1: Yes. Now, if I go to the rankings page and I type in football, there they are. 7th, 24th, and 9th for Jamie, Dave, Heath football team. Is this our last game? Atlanta, New Orleans? Oh, what happened to Dallas, Minnesota? Did I leave it out? All right, let's do Dallas, Minnesota right now. Um, Okay. Do, would, do you like the quarterbacks in this game?
2: No.
0: Uh, no. Cousins more than Dalton. Two quarterback leagues. Cousins is fine. And... You
1: know, why not Cousins? I mean, he's been really efficient. He's got 21 or more points in three of his last four games and 25 or more points four times this year in nine games. You don't have to throw that much.
2: On the nose in two of his last three. How many? 36.
1: Yeah, it's probably not going to happen in this game. Why not? Because we know what it is against the Cowboys. I mean...
2: Before Roethlisberger, It was a different script.
1: Yeah, that was... Okay, but before that, the three games before Roethlisberger, three straight quarterbacks threw 24 to 27 passes, less than 200 yards. But they all had two touchdowns.
2: I'd be surprised if it's over 30, but it could happen.
1: All right, start Dalvin Cook. What do you think about Thielen and Jefferson this week? Just, those guys are annoying. <laughs> Top 30 wide receivers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Top 30. Who's better? Thielen. Thielen and non, Jefferson and PPR. I don't know if Jefferson's going to get the targets. I mean, we're going back to the same thing that we just got done talking about with Cousins. Is he going to throw 30 to 36 times? But he seems he to be does favoring Jefferson at this point, though. Yeah, well, I agree. But there have been enough games to know that if Jefferson doesn't get the targets, he doesn't get the fantasy production, and you're left feeling sad.
1: So what about Amari Cooper versus Thielen and Jefferson?
0: Cooper's better. I've got Cooper behind Thielen ahead of Jefferson.
1: And Dave, you like CeeDee Lamb?
0: I do. He's going to hey. play in the slot against Jeff Gladney. That's a matchup from college. They played against each other in college, although not necessarily you know, play after play after play. And Gladney's allowed a bunch of numbers uh, from the slot, about a 60% catch rate, over 100 yards after catch, three touchdowns. And I, I could see Lamb just feasting on him.
1: Who's the best tight end in this game? Lamb feasting,
2: by the way. I like that. Mm. Uh, Dalton Schultz. If you told me Irv Smith was out, then I would take Rudolph. If Irv Smith is in, then I'll take Schultz. And Smith has practiced each of the last two days on a limited basis.
1: Okay, here we go. Ezekiel Elliott or Michael Thomas? Half PPR.
0: Zeke. Uh, I'll take Thomas.
1: Ezekiel Elliott or a Steelers wide receiver? Format? Half.
0: All half? I think I'm going to take the Steelers, guys. I'll take Juju
2: and and Deontay Johnson. Okay. Zeke or Clyde? Zeke. Zeke. All righty.
1: And uh, I think that's it. Dalvin Cook's a start, I think, right? Start
0: Cook? Yeah. Well, okay. I haven't <laughs> finished my research on it yet. <laughs> Min- Not sure. He told Minnesota us on DST. Wednesday when
2: we had a private Zoom with him that uh, he told Madison, "Get ready for
0: uh, some work this week."
2: <laughs> he so. also
0: talked up Irv. He he. We, Jamie, you asked him about if he could name a, a sleeper on both sides of the ball, and Irv Smith was his pick on offense.
1: Uh, Minnesota DST is certainly in play. They're they're seventy nine percent rostered, but they're top six, so play them. Atlanta at New Orleans. Stat of the game, number one, five tight ends have caught at least one touchdown against the Saints, and four of them had six or more targets. Uh, This is against the Saints or the Falcons. I think this is against the Falcons. (laughs) (laughs) Crap. Typo of the game, number one. All right, I'll be right back, and I'll check on that, but I believe this was a Jared Cook stat. He has a great matchup. But he doesn't get
0: targets. Atlanta's allowed a touchdown to a yeah, tight end yeah, yeah. in each of their it's, past it's five. That's it what But Atlanta. they haven't really played anyone.
1: Atlanta, five touchdown. Five tight ends have caught at least one touchdown against Atlanta. Against Atlanta, but four of them have had six or more targets. And Jared Cook just doesn't really get that. He's had that one twice. touchdown
0: to a tight end in their past five.
1: So yeah, I mean, like Heat's got Jared Cook 18th. You guys have him top 12 in non PPR, top 14 in PPR. You want to talk about jared cook do, do you not hear? i'm
2: curious uh he was asked by the media about a season he said he's having a down year he admitted to it and then he uh he came out and said you know he's hoping to rectify that i i'm just curious to see what's gonna happen with james you know james's track record they pointed this out when james was drafted you know that his his connection with nick o'leary at fsu and then it carried over to the start of his nfl career with oj howard and well, Cameron right turned- yeah. From a touchdown standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see, you know, if uh if this factors in against uh, a secondary that throughout the course of the season, more times than not has been bad against tight ends, you know. So the one capable guy that has struggled against them really is Noah Fant. But we kind of know what Noah Fant has become.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh let's stick with the Saints then. Jameis Winston is like low end starter just check the updated rankings he is 12th 14th and 11th for Jamie Dave and Heath respectively would you start Jameis or Stafford
0: if Stafford's got everybody and he's practicing in full on Friday I'm starting him
2: uh yeah right now I have Stafford ranked higher but if Stafford does not have his guys then then he'll be lower
1: I wonder why Heath is low on Matt Ryan he's got him 14th you guys have Matt Ryan in the top 10 (laughs) So obvious, Matt Ryan is just well. Sorry, I didn't mean that as a you know slight to Heath, but to me, Damn. when when Calvin Ridley is playing and Julio, when Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are healthy, you
2: just start him. You know he's really good. Is that basically how you guys feel about Matt Ryan? Uh, yeah, I mean you know I don't think they're going to have success running. You've you've kind of laid that out already with what Todd Gurley's um, looking at in terms of this run defense. His he's coming off one of his best games of the season last week. He averages twenty two point two points per game in his last five off a bye. And so, you know, time to prepare opponent he's familiar with, a game where they're going to be throwing a lot. I think he'll he'll be he'll be good if not great. And Hayden Hurst uh is top 7,
1: top 5 in PPR, top 7 or non PPR. He's coming on last four games, 54 to 68 yards, 4 to 7 catches in each game for Hayden Hurst. Saints are getting a little bit better against tight ends, but they still give up the fifth most fantasy points. Not
2: last week, I mean. No, that last
1: week was the first time in a while that a tight end had more than like 23 yards against the, and that includes Gronk and Hunter Henry and TJ Hawkinson against the saints and, uh, yeah. and Ian Thomas, not Logan.
0: Saints Thomas. haven't allowed a touchdown to a tight end in four straight and 62 yards is the max that they allowed to a tight end in that span.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that was way more than any other tight end. Okay, so we know the deal here. Like, there's a bunch of studs in this game. There's Julio and there's Ridley and there's Camara. Gurley is an okay start because he scores all the time, but this is going to be a tough matchup for him. There's Ryan and there's, you know, the tight ends are in play. Are there any sleepers in this game?
0: You you, you could call Jameis a sleeper.
2: I'm like Alameda Zacchaeus, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, I mean Zacchaeus If if there's no Ridley, you saw the last time against the Broncos. You know, there was several hundred yards. He had four for 100. over hundred
1: cool all right that's it for today's show thanks everybody good luck in week 11 we got the mailbag for you on saturday we got a bunch of stuff for you on sunday twitch hq ask fft on twitter over the weekend so uh yeah we'll talk oh, to you throughout the weekend
0: the bronze have placed miles garrett on the reserve COVID 19 list
1: all right let's start the show over <laughs> sorry about that we'll talk about it that on the mailbag make things
0: a little more interesting for philadelphia yeah,
1: yeah oh i wish i caught
0: that yeah it'd be a lot better for if he's not there Okay.
1: We'll talk about that on the Mailbag Show. For Dave and Jamie, I'm Adam. Have a great weekend, everybody. See ya.